0: Welcome to another exciting edition of The Leader Brew, where we catch up with former students and learn about their journey from the classroom to the real world. And I have to say that I am very excited with today's guest, a former student from Foundation Year. Uh, We think about 10 years ago, give or take. And that's Clifford Harrison, who is currently working at the Massachusetts Biotechnology Council in Cambridge, commonly referred to, I think, in the media quite a bit as MassBio. Mass bio. So, you know, I have to say, first of all, welcome. And it's so good to see you again. Yes, it's a pleasure.
1: Uh, Dr. Rick, you have I was thinking about this intro for you. And I, I said, Dr. Rick is one of the more influential Uh, professors that I met at Northeastern during my time at foundation year. Uh, There was one thing that you said to me on your way out of the door and it was network your ass off. And I said, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, doesn't that sound familiar? And I'm sure for the students who are listening to this now, uh, this episode, they're certainly being reminded of that because I do think that's, you know, that's really important. Um, And I, I I recall fondly, uh, my time in foundation year i recall you and so many other students and you know you just had this thing about you and i have actually followed you over the past decade or so so <laughs> i'll see i'll see some of your journey um mostly it's been you know through linkedin posts right. it's been really exciting to see someone who is, you know, you're, you just seem to be taking on life and you seem to be doing it with such joy and purpose and passion. I'm kind of curious, what was it like in those early days in that, that foundation year program for you? What, what was kind of going through your mind?
1: Well, you know, to be honest, um, you may or may not know or remember, but I wasn't your traditional Student, freshman student, foundation year student. Uh, I came into the program with a newborn daughter. Uh, and I was competing with daddy duties and classroom responsibilities um, every day. And it, it had its rewards. Um, you know, obviously, you know, being a young parent, it, it grows you up very, very fast. You know, the flip side of that was I wasn't able to attend certain uh, gatherings with my peers and because I was always casted in a leadership role. Um there if you remember Carla Kent, uh who's no longer at uh, or with Foundation Year or with uh Northeastern University, uh she was constantly putting me in leadership opportunities, speaking engagements, and it that also grew me up very, very fast. So you know I, I kind of hit the ground running and that's just been the uh the trajectory of my uh, professional and, and personal
0: career. Hmm. You know, when, when you were in that sort of beginning stage of, of foundation year, wh- where, where did you think life was going to take you? Oh, gosh. Or was, it, or was it more about how am I going to uh, get the money to pay for the diapers of my child and who's going to babysit? <laughs> you know, what was kind of going on in your mind at that time? You know,
1: one of the questions that I had was, um, is this program a uh, uh, like, can I get a stipend from foundation year for, for attending? How quickly can I get a job? Work study, I think, was also one of the uh, top of mind inquiries. Just not typical questions coming from a, you know, a, a freshman student that is just looking to, um, you know, go through a, a program that is very rewarding at having taken place on the Northeastern campus. I didn't have... Too many expectations, to to be completely honest with you. This was an opportunity that I said, this is probably my last opportunity. And if I don't take advantage of this, I don't know what else is out there for me. And I for sure didn't want to be uh, statistic to, you know, just to be completely transparent, young, Black, in the community, kid, um, out of marriage, you know, no job, really just trying to figure things out. And I said, this is my opportunity. And it, it was, and I I treated it as such. So that, you know, there really was no expectation. And, uh, I think as we go through this, this, um, this interview, a lot of what I am doing today is still very much unscripted. I don't know. (laughs)
0: I truly don't know. <laughs> well, and it's so true because in doing these leader brew podcasts, I truly don't know either. And I think that's the beauty of them. It's it's just and, and actually when I go into the classroom, I will sometimes admit I truly don't know even then. Yeah. Um, because, because I really do enjoy that opportunity for people to just just be organic. You know, as you as you were talking about essentially, you know, seizing the day, carpe diem. Um, so what, what, what sort of advice would you would you give someone out there now that that you know in front of them is the opportunity, but sometimes you know recognizing it is relatively easy. Mm-hmm. It's it's not until you actually acknowledge it and you say, "Hey, this this is my time." Yeah. Uh, like, how, how do you how do you pull that out of someone? How, how, you know, other than just sort of shaking them. You know, how, how do you do that? Yeah, you know I. I only like to speak for myself. And,
1: you know, when it comes to advice, I say the best advice is to just not take advice. It's it's your life. They're your experiences, and you are going to handle them as you see fit. You know, of course, you will be mentored along the way. You'll be coached if you are coachable. But, you know, to to your wise words, when, you know, I was an unfamiliar, unsuspecting student going through foundation year, I mean, you, you pulled me aside and said, network your ass off. And that, nothing more, nothing less. And I just said, yeah. You know, you are like a a blonde demigod that just fell out the sky and is like you gave me some of the best advice uh, that I still hold on to to this day. And, you know, outside of just networking, you never know what an opportunity or how far an opportunity is going to take you. Uh, I really do think it is up to you to to take it as far as you want to take it. And, you know, if if you feel like you have squeezed it to a point where there's nothing left to to gain or give, another door may open for you, or you go and figure out where the next door is, um, and then you just start that whole process all over again. Um, I've always disliked—I won't say hated—but I've always disliked when, you know, I was told growing up you need to know where you want to go and what you want to do. That's not how life works, um, and I think that I'm a, a prime example of you know, unscripted is a great way to figure out who you are why you are and, and when you are because if you if you move according to what someone is saying you how you should move and where you should go I, there's not a lot of room for discovery and curiosity and creativity um, and I really try to live my life based off of that unscripted nature um, because I want to be the best that I can be at the end of the day and the only way to do that is to do uncommon things, you know, go places that you've never been before, experience, you know, new landscapes, meet new people. And um, I I just think that that is probably the best advice that I can give to, um, again, unsuspecting, unknowing students that are just trying to live life. Uh, At the
0: end of the day, that's I think that's what we're all trying to do is just live life. It's I think you're absolutely right. You know, when we talk about this, this whole concept of networking, and I'll say to students, uh, listen, you can have as many LinkedIn connections as you'd like, but there's a, there's a couple of parts of that. One is you need to build those relationships to sustain the relationships and then, you, you know, really get engaged with them. And sometimes what I'll see with some students is this, this resistance, this, this hesitation. Uh, Swiss psychologist Carl Jung said it perfectly you know, what we resist, persist. And I, I think in terms of that networking concept, that's exactly it. I, you know, to some extent, perhaps we are afraid to reach out to someone within our LinkedIn database because, and we come up with a multitude of excuses, because we haven't talked to them in years. We haven't had any communication with them. And so all of these issues really pop up. I'm curious to know how you've navigated building and and really sustaining those relationships over the years i mean so my advice to you was get out there and network 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 but there's the next evolution to that which is how do you balance keeping those relationships lively and timely and current and 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 even if you've not been in touch with someone for 10 years how do you get over that anxiety of reaching out to them right um, to, to,
1: again, to your wise words, network your, your ass off. I mean, as you said, you you have been following me throughout, you know, the course of, say, eight to 10 years, you know, since um, my time at Northeastern. And I, I believe that that was because of the impression that we both made on each other. And it's like, you know, I, I, I took a liking to this kid. Um, let me see what he's up to. And I, I can't say for every person in my network um I have a strong relationship with you know for the most part professionally you have to you know i i i'm I work in the the world of business development, so you know much of my world is to make those LinkedIn connections and see if I can you know get someone's attention you know there's a skill to that, but for the most part, I take my brand seriously and I try not to burn bridges and uh, you never know who you are going to. Uh, come into contact with you know five ten years from now. It could be the person that you said, "Hey, yeah, I'm trying not to swear." I, <laughs> hey, you know, off, you know that however many years ago, and now that you are you know launching your career or launching your um your uh your personal brand, those people may come right back to you full circle, and they, they will remember that. And you know, my wife early on. When we were kids, she was wise beyond her years. She said to me, don't burn bridges. Don't ever burn bridges. Um, and for that reason, it has made the, the world of social media, specifically LinkedIn, because that's the only social media that I have. Um, it's made functioning in that world a lot easier. Um, the worst thing, I, the last thing I'll say, Dr. Wigg, is the worst thing someone can say is no. And yes, if you're getting no online you know, via LinkedIn Messenger, who cares? (laughs) You know, that shouldn't ruin your day or, you know, put you in a a bad headspace of, um, man, you know, that person doesn't like me. They don't like what I'm selling. So, uh, you know, companies are, there's a hierarchy within every company. And if you don't, if one person says no, chances are the next person that's also on that same team will Either say yes or you know be interested enough to take a meeting, um, and that's that's all it is. I've I've had people, you know, C suite uh, level employees tell me no, and you know their their assistant on the same team will come and say, yeah, we'll, we'll take the meeting. Like ah, right, perfect, really appreciate that, and uh, you know we'll we'll go from there, but. Yeah, that's that's how I try to interpret. You know, those uh, those LinkedIn cold outreaches. The worst thing that anyone can say is no, but
0: you know, keep knocking. Eventually, the door is going to open. I, I I love that. You know, as I'm listening to you, there there is a, a an absolute authenticity that's coming through. This passion <laughs> and you know this excitement for life. And I'm telling you, that's one of the things I remember about you yeah. after all <laughs> these years. And it's it's still there. It's to be yeah. getting. Let's talk about your work in the community, uh, because that's certainly a major part of your platform, uh, whether it's on the scholarship committee, EV Kids, or uh, Nativity Preparatory School. So, so tell me about how you made that transition into high nonprofits. I'd love to help you. I actually started as a, as a resume
1: building tool. You know, just inquiring on how to join boards and, you know, believe it or not, I I faked a lot of my uh, experience as I was growing up in my professional career. And when I say fake, you know, I I would I would lead the people that I'm trying to get a meeting with to say, yeah, I can do that. Believe me. And, you know, whether or not it was my presentation or my speech, they believed it. And because they believed it, I believed it as well. And I never wanted to fall flat on my face. And sometimes it worked, but most times, I mean, sometimes it didn't work, but most times it did work uh, because I was just driven to succeed and I I truly did not want to fail. And I say, if I was, if I had the opportunity to walk into a room, I belong there. Uh, And and no one's going to tell me, no, you don't belong there. And, you know, given enough time, I will figure it out. And that's, that's really how I treated Early on in my career, how to get from point A to point B. And then it became oh, you know, Cliff does have the experience. Cliff can speak to these things. Cliff can lead in these areas. You don't need to be an expert at any one thing or everything. You know, you surround yourself with people that are smarter than you so that you look like you know what you are doing. Um, And, you know, you obviously contribute um, in any way that you can, but. It's it's always been important to me to give back to my community. And, you know, one of the ways that I enjoy doing that is is on, you know, serving on boards, EV kids close to my heart. Nativity Prep, my alma mater, uh, middle school that I went to and the experience and the the opportunities that come just from, you know, serving on a board are so gratifying. You get to, and at least with me, I think, I feel like my skill set has been in that world of, of mentorship and just trying to connect young talent to job opportunities, job placement. I think you know Professor Raj was another influential um, uh, character in my life. Where she liked to refer to me as a social glue. You know, Cliff, you always seem to be at the center of some something happening. Um, there's something there, and you need to figure out what that is. And I, you know, I'm confident ten years later to say I know exactly what she saw uh, because I'm thriving in that now. And the the glue for me now is to to give back to my community and, and again just to connect. Um, people with resources. So um, that's, that's always been high on my list. I, I have a voice and I have a choice to, you know, keep the door open and also help others go through that door. You know, it's, it's not enough to just walk through the door yourself because that in turn is actually closing off other people from going through that door. So
0: I I, I hear you as certainly being this cohesive force uh, for others around you, you know, a connector, someone who's really out there with a full commitment to make their community better, uh, a father, a husband. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. My question would be, how do you or do you have that balance, sort of that quiet time that you can be reflective and, and just be about cliff, that's a good question.
1: My wife absolutely hates the fact that I can't turn it off. Um, I cannot turn it off. But, you know, I, I think it's that that keeps me going. And, you know, when you live in your purpose, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. There's nothing to turn off. There's nothing to turn on. It's you are doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing. And. You know, for me, that's everything for me. That is coded in my DNA. That's my genetic makeup. You know, if I'm not giving back to my community, if I'm not putting a smile on someone's face, if I'm not having the, you know, a meaningful conversation or meeting someone new, doing something new, learning something new, at those points, I don't feel fulfilled. I don't feel a sense of purpose. Um, And that's when I, I will make time to myself to sit in my chair and say, all right, well, what am I doing wrong? What am I supposed to be doing that I'm not doing that I really need to be doing? You know, th- those are the questions that I ask myself, but um, I'd rather be than not be, you know, if that makes sense. I'd rather be doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing every day. You know, even if it is tiring, um, I'm exhausted at the end of the day. And, and you know, that's not even just from a, a professional standpoint, um, I love the relationship that I have with my kids and my, my wife. They, you know, I, that also is is high on the priority list of things that Cliff needs to be doing. Um, you know, it's 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 living in my jello.
0: I love that. That might be the title of our podcast, <laughs> "Living in My Jello." Um, this is this is absolutely wonderful. You know, one of the one of the questions that we like to ask uh, all of our guests on this show is, "What would you tell?" The seven-year-old, about what's ahead in life? Huh? I'd tell him definitely not basketball. <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I, had, uh, I had hoop dreams, and, you know, a, a lot of people in my corner thought that uh, I was going to go all the way. Um, and if if you were to talk to the the seventh-grade Cliff, he would tell you everything about the game of basketball. But what I would tell that kid is everything that you have learned on the court is what is going to transfer off the court. It's not how you dribble the basketball. It is how you listened and was coached on how to dribble the basketball. That's what translates into life. Um, You know, just a quick, quick story about that. Basketball was taken away from me. And as a result, I had to pivot from the game of basketball. The thing that I love the most, I mean, you couldn't tell me, my own mother couldn't tell me that I wasn't going to play basketball. I I said, I am playing basketball. I am going to the NBA. Um, There's, you know, you couldn't tell me anything, but all of the, um, all of the time and the energy that I put into learning the game, little did I know it wasn't to actually play the game. It was to perform off the court in life, take those leadership skills, take those team building skills, You know, take the take the work ethic and the competitive edge, apply all of those things into, um, you know, what I am doing today and trying to grow in even as a um, as a young professional, young dad, young husband, um, you know, friend, mentor, all of that. You know, all of those things, those skill sets that I learned on the court, that's what is now being used at a very, very high level. But would my seventh grade year old self listen hell no, he would
0: not. Be. <laughs> He'd still say, yeah, I'm playing basketball. <laughs> I'm playing basketball. Uh, Listen, that, that is absolutely wonderful. It, I have to say, honestly, this has been an amazingly awesome catch up. I can't wait to catch up with so many other students along the way, particularly uh, my foundation year students. Yes. And I, I'm just so grateful to have been a small part of your life. And anytime you ever need me, you know where I'm at. Definitely. I appreciate the time. Matthew. It's been awesome. 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 <laughs> All right. Terrific. My very best to you. So thank you. This has been another wonderful edition, I think, of The Leader Brew. And we look forward to hearing your stories from the classroom to the real world. Take care.
1: Thank you for listening to The Leader Brew Podcast please be sure to like, subscribe, and share us with others. If you'd like to be a guest or a co-host, please reach out to us at www.theleaderbrew.com or on our social media platforms. Be sure to check out our leadership courses at www.weleapforward.org. A special thanks to audio engineer Jared Zimirovsky for making us sound great, and to Northeastern University and Swinburne University. From the classroom to the real world, we hope that today's leaderproof podcast ignited the extraordinary leader within.